This podcast is produced by Yizzy Research, whose mission is to do research and help others do the same. Visit us at yizzyresearch.com. While you're there, sign up for the mailing list to stay updated. I've been the lone and first UX researcher twice. The first time, I didn't even know that I was a UX researcher until a few years after I resigned. It was a really fortunate accident. The second time, I understood what I was getting myself into. At least I thought I did. Stay tuned to hear about my experiences as a lone researcher. Welcome to the Yizzy Research Podcast, the podcast for aspiring researchers, current researchers, and research enthusiasts. I'm your host, Imani, also known as Izzy, and I am the founder, CEO, and principal researcher of Yizzy Research, a boutique research agency providing UX research services, career coaching, and of course, this podcast. There is a meme online of Big Bird from Sesame Street sitting in what appears to be a corporate meeting room at a large table with a group of people. The other people are dressed professionally and are looking at their laptops. And then there's Big Bird just sitting there. As a team of one, especially in my first few months on the job, I felt like Big Bird sitting in that meeting. I had an undeniable case of imposter syndrome. I felt like everyone thought I was a fraud. Though I had been a researcher for years, I questioned my capacity to do research. I doubted my skills to deliver and contribute to the company. I felt like everyone knew that I felt this way and was waiting for me to slip up. Of course, no one likely felt this way, but imposter syndrome comes with this insidious and unjustified paranoia. This paranoia ran so deep that I did not believe myself when I reminded myself that I was hired because I knew how to do research. I was being paid because I knew what I was doing. So, as a lone researcher, how did I overcome imposter syndrome? I let it pass. I did not talk myself out of it or undermine how I felt. As I progressed in my role, learned more about the company, and began conducting research, the imposter syndrome naturally passed. I've been an avid journaler for many years, and keeping a dedicated work journal helped me process and engage with my feelings while tracking my obvious progress as a researcher. Getting feedback from my manager, UX designers, and product managers helped me ease my imposter syndrome because this feedback helped me design projects that the team actually needed. This made me more useful and productive. Mastery, or actively working towards mastery, was my ultimate cure for imposter syndrome. Speaking of mastery, I struggled with, and still struggle with, being looked to as an expert when I don't know everything. Every industry has a learning curve, especially in the consumer lending and fintech spaces. I'm still unsure if there's a point where I am an expert on anything because there's always something new to learn. As a lone researcher, I had to learn how to extend grace to myself. I can be phenomenal and productive as a researcher and not be well-versed in every method. A major benefit of being a team of one is that my team is not committed to any particular research method, so I can conduct research using whatever method I want to, and this is how I learn, by doing. Another benefit to working as the sole researcher is that it is a career accelerator. You don't have to compete with other researchers for a promotion. Because you are, in the, because you are the research gatekeeper, you can easily pivot into a senior researcher role at the company. This is even easier if you created a research repository stocked with deliverables from your research projects. 
This should be easy because you are the only contributor. These tangible manifestations of your research enable you to make your case for a promotion later. As a team of one, you may be faced with deciding how you embed yourself within your company. Do you embed yourself with one team and conduct research for only that team? Do you dedicate yourself to a particular product or feature? With this model, you acquire a deep understanding of what you dedicate yourself to. Or conversely, do you function as an internal research agency and that you are not dedicated to a particular team, product, or feature? You conduct research for anyone at the company who needs it. This model is good because you gain a wider understanding of what the company is as a whole. It also lends itself to proving how useful research is to the entire company. So how do you choose which model works best for you? I recommend starting with the first model, being a dedicated researcher for a particular product or feature. This prevents you from getting overwhelmed by research requests from other departments. Once you've done research for one product or feature, you can focus on another one next. The internal research agency model is likely a better fit if other research researchers join the team later to prevent burnout. If other researchers join the company after you, you will be the obvious choice to train and manage them. Do you want to do that? The first time I was a team of one, I was closely aligned with the research agency model. The second time I was a team of one, I implemented the dedicated researcher model and preferred that. The dedicated researcher model gave me space to conduct research while learning the company and industry without getting overwhelmed. If you find yourself as the only and first researcher, you will not only be conducting research alone, but you will be building the research practice alone. This means that you will be wearing multiple hats at once. You will be the research coordinator, researcher, and president of research at the same time. You need to have tactical, operational, and soft skills to balance these demands. You have to be a strategist, planner, doer, researcher, analyst, and evangelist. The common and obvious theme is that you are working solo. Being a lone researcher at a company means having no internal research community, which can be liberating because for me, I had the opportunity to carve out my own career path, but I had no formalized collegial support in doing so. In turn, this encouraged me to build my own support system of experienced researchers. I created this community by joining Slack communities, LinkedIn groups, attending researcher meetups, and applying for career matching programs. Though these mostly digital spaces cannot substitute learning under the tutelage of an experienced researcher, these spaces provide a network of people to talk to about methods, best practices, and career pathing. Being the team of one can be really intimidating. You don't have other researchers at your company to talk shop with, and you have to be really purposeful about connecting with other researchers. But if you are up to it, you have the chance to accelerate your career and rapidly develop your research and leadership skills. As always, the notes from this episode can be found on yeezyresearch.com. Thanks for listening. Subscribe for updates on new episodes. If you are interested in sponsoring this podcast, or if you are looking to hire someone to help you understand your users and your customers, visit yizzyresearch.com. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn at Yizzy Research. That's Y-Z-Z-I Research. Bye for now.